Open your Bibles to Psalms, if you would, please. It's good to have everybody here this morning. I want to share something the Lord's put on my heart as you're getting there. It's good to have all of you here. It's very good to have a longtime friend of mine, Yvonne, if you just raise your hand back there. He was one of my teammates in Costa Rica. He's a basketball legend in Costa Rica. I hope he doesn't get mad at me saying that, but he... He's won more championships than he has fingers, and uh, he's played on the national team for Panama, and uh, he's been playing basketball a long, long time. We've known each other a long, long time, and about a year ago, he moved to Denton. Out of all the places in the world, he could have moved, and we connected, and we've been missing each other over this last year, but he called me uh, just Thursday night, and we were talking about how the Costa Rican national team was playing, and we just began to talk about things, and one thing led to another, and I was able to pray with him on the phone, and he accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. Amen. And so he is here this morning, and I praise God for that. Amen. So get to know him after and speak Spanish to him. Amen. Praise God. Quiero dar bienvenidos a todos los que hablan español esta mañana. Es un placer tenerles aquí. Y espero que puedan entender, entender el resto del mensaje en inglés. Dios le bendiga. Salmos 103. Now I'll go back to English. You guys thought I was going to switch over for the rest of the thing, huh? Let's read this this morning. I really, really have something on my heart this morning that I want to share with you. And we know as we get to read this this morning, all the things we've been talking about in all the things that are going on in the world, and all of even church, the uncertainty that is waiting even this week and head ahead of us, as we know that uh, many, many things are on the horizon. And this all comes down to one thing that I want to talk about you this morning, talk to you, to you about, and it is the mercy of God. I want to talk about the mercy of God this morning. Because when you begin to pull everything together, and you begin to look at your life and you look at yourself in the mirror and you realize I am a human being with a soul. And I am in the hands of a God that created the entire universe. That can be a scary thing. You know, we can a lot of times in our lives begin to, to get around people and talk about things or have beliefs or or search like we do to find out who God is. And that's why we're here this morning. We're at church because we, we are conscious of who God is. We're all in different places in our lives. But when it all comes down to the very last moment of our lives, just like that video shows, we are in the hands of a living God. And that the Bible actually says it's a scary thing. To fall into the hands of a living God. And I, and I want to say this morning that we need the mercy of God. Amen. Without the mercy of God, we can't even stand this morning. And I want to read out of Psalms 103. And I really want to speak to you from my heart this morning. And I pray that by the time I'm done, you will understand what the Lord wants to say to us. And I hope that the Bible this morning is healing to you. As we read from verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. 
who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Now, I want to stop for a second. And before I read, I want to remind you who's writing this. This is not a man who had it all together. This is a man who was found committing adultery. This is a man who murdered many, many people in war. So much blood was on his hands from war that he could not even build the temple that he had in his heart to build. So we need to remember that when we read this Bible, it it was written, inspired by God, through the hands of men who were wicked people that God changed. This was not written by a bunch of saints who had it all together. This is written by people who encountered a God who could change their life and give them hope and give them mercy and show them that although we are all, as Romans 3.23 says, sinners who fall short of the glory of God, we can be forgiven this morning. I want you to really focus on the word forgiveness as we read verse 3 again. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. Listen to this. The Lord, this is so powerful. The Lord is merciful and gracious. Can you say amen? Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, God is merciful. I'm taking my time on this this morning because I really want you to understand if it was not for his mercy, none of us would be sitting here this morning. None of us. None of us. We can get to a place where we've been saved and we've been forgiven and we can almost get to a place where we become prideful. And we forget who we used to be. We forget the path that we were on before we met Jesus. And all I can say this morning is this has just been in my spirit since this whole, but really this whole week is, is it's just been in my spirit. God, if it was not for your mercy, if it was not for your grace, I would not be here. Can you say amen? Let's read this again. The Lord is merciful. And gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as high, sorry, sorry, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who, what? Fear him. Now, as we read this, we obviously know that there is an understanding that we must fear him reverently. We must understand that he is God. And it says, as as far as the heavens are from us, 
and high above the earth. So great is his mercy towards those who fear him. Now here's another one. There's so, there's so many powerful verses in this chapter. Here's another one. It's one of my favorites. He says, first let me ask you a question. Has anybody in here ever sinned? Okay. Has anybody ever not sinned? I'm, I'm glad I'm up here. Because I know no one's going to say yes. I want that lightning to strike. Amen? Thank God, as we are all sinners, we can come into the hands of a living God and fall at his mercy and say, God, I am a sinner and I need your grace this morning. And when we say, the Bible says, when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And when we say that prayer, and when we look at Jesus and what he did on the cross, there's a promise right here that says in verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far away your sins are when you come to the Lord of mercy and say, God, forgive me for what I've done. I, I'm sorry for living a life that I've lived. For, I'm sorry for failing. I'm sorry for messing up. I like what somebody did this week. I saw a picture on the media that said, uh, showed a picture of sin and it showed all these different high, different types of buildings. It showed all the levels and we think that that this sin is greater than this sin, and this sin is greater than this sin. Consequences are greater many times of sin. You're going to have a different consequence from stealing a piece of gum than you are from killing somebody. But the consequences are different, but the sin is the same. And we think that God sees those sins differently. And it looked like a bunch of skyscrapers and buildings, and they're all different levels. That's how we see sin. But God sees sin from above, looking down, and the sin all looks the same. It's all the same. Sin is sin. Amen. And sin separates us from God. And we can love him all we want, but he says, I just don't want you to stay that way. I want you to come out of that, of that sin that you're in. I want you to, to change. I, I want you to run to me and, and, and love me. And I want to love you back. I love you more than you could ever even imagine. Amen. Let's close this up. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for a man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. Watch this. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. Father, we thank you this morning for your word and just for the next few minutes, I ask you just to speak to every one of our hearts. Lord, to just open up our minds and our spirits to not listen to what I say, God, but to what your word says. This is the written word of God. This is the infallible word of God. This is your word inspired by you, 
written through the hands of men, Father, over a span of 1,400 years. 40 different men wrote this Bible, Father. And Lord God, your word is perfect this morning. And it's the manual for our life. And Lord, what we see in this Bible is two very clear things. One is we are sinners and we have fallen short of your glory. And two, you are a merciful God and you have a remedy for our sin. And that's the blood of Jesus this morning. And Father, we put our faith right now in the fact that you shed your blood on the cross for our sins. And we thank you for touching and anointing and speaking to us through this word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Why don't you just say this with me right now. Jesus, my trust is in you. I know I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. I put my eyes on what you did on the cross for my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Do you realize that that prayer that you just did is salvation? That prayer you just did is salvation. The definition of mercy is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone. Passion or, or mercy, sorry, forgiveness shown towards someone, listen, whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. Let me read that again. This is what mercy is. Compassion or forgiveness toward someone, that's me, thank you, receiving, from someone who has power to punish or to harm. God is here this morning as a God who can do anything he wants. We can stand on this earth all day long and we can debate and we can say what we think and what we believe and what seems right to us and all the things of politics and all the things that go on in the world. But the bottom line is God is God. And he's on the throne today and we are at his mercy. And if we are at his mercy... I want to be shown the forgiveness and I want to be shown the compassion that he has for me. And I'm going to open up my heart and I'm going to say, God, if it's not for your compassion or forgiveness, you have power to punish or harm me. And some might say, well, why would God do that? Why would God punish or harm? We know that was never his intent. It was never his intent for us to be at the place that we're at right now. But through free will, God gave us the opportunity as men and women to choose. He did that with the very first people on the earth in Adam and Eve. He gave them the choice to choose. And he's always done that all throughout the Bible. He says in Exodus, I place before you life and death. And he says, choose life. He says, I don't, I don't, I, you know, we're, we're created beings created with a free will. And that's one of the best and worst things about God is that he gave us free will. He gave us a choice to choose. I cannot speak for you this morning, but I am speaking for myself. And I say, God, show your mercy to me. Show your compassion to me. Show your forgiveness to me. And one of the things we have to understand is to be able to receive mercy, we have to give it. Matthew 5, 7 says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Micah 7.19 says, He will have compassion on us. 
He will tread our iniquities underfoot and he will cast our sins into the depths of the sea. How many know the sea's deep? If we put our eyes on Jesus this morning, he will cast our sins into the depths of the sea. I want to focus on one person this morning in the Bible. If you'll go with me to Matthew chapter 27. And I'm not going to preach long this morning, I promise. But I am going to preach from my heart. And this is, this, is, this is weighing heavy on me this morning. And it really is in my spirit this morning. It's really what I want to give to you this morning. I want you to walk out of here this morning understanding the gracing mercy of God. As we get here, I, I personally know without a doubt this morning that my own personal testimony is that I should not be standing here. I should be dead. I should already be in hell. I should already be in eternal damnation. I should already be separated from God. I know that I've made so many mistakes in my life. And I know of so many times in my life where I made mistakes. And, and, and especially before I gave my life to Jesus and surrendered to him and put my faith in the cross. I, you all know the revelation that I had from God. That in the place that I was in, standing in sin, the Lord showed me clearly, that's your destination if you don't change. That's my, that's my testimony. I can't say what your testimony is. But I can stand here today and I can say that 23 years ago I realized because of my decisions, not because of my parents, brothers or sisters, friends or family, but because of my personal decisions, I had placed myself in a place that I was deserved, according to the Bible, of eternal fire, of eternal damnation from God. But one night he said, that's where you're going, but that's not where you have to go. That's your destination, but you don't have to go there. Because I didn't make that place for you. I made that place for the devil and his demons, his angels that followed him. I made that for them because they've disobeyed me. But he said, I've got a place for you, and it's called heaven. I've got a place for you, it's called paradise. I've got a place for you, it's a place of peace. And you can go there. You don't have to go to that place. But you've got to put your faith in me. And that night I ran to the altar and I put my life in the mercy of God. And then it comes back to today. Because now 23 years later, almost 24, I'm standing here today knowing that, that Jesus Christ could come at any moment. Knowing that, that, that I could breathe my last breath today. And if I do, I'm standing in the same place today that I was 23 years ago, still in the mercy of a living God. Still saying, God, without your mercy and without your grace, I have nothing. Because I have been able to, by God's grace, be used by him. I have been able to be on the mission field. I have been able to see hundreds and maybe thousands of people give their lives to Jesus. And I could say, and I could stand here and claim, Lord, look what I did. Lord, look what I've done for you. Lord, look at the sacrifices I've made. I've given my life to you. I've given everything to you. I could just stand here and try to just, just do all that and just say, Lord, I, look at everything I've done. And God reminds me, that's all great, but just keeps coming back to my spirit. God, it's all about your mercy. It's all about your grace. 
There's just a, a humility that God wants us to have this morning that says, Lord, I'm not dependent on what I've done. And listen, church, this is, this is, this is what really breaks down truth from fiction this morning. Can you imagine this morning? I want, I want us to think today, by, hypothetically, if this was your very last or even first time you've ever heard a message from God. You're in this place this morning, and, and what awaits you is what's on that video, and I wish you would have got to see it, but I think you can imagine. What awaits you is that courtroom of life. And today you breathed your last breath, and you went into eternity. And maybe you're here this morning, and you realize... Or don't realize, I'm not ready to stand before a living God. I don't know what, what would happen if today I was standing before a living God. You might be in that place. And I want to tell you that if you begin to think of religion, and you begin to think of what man would say, can you imagine if you were part of a religion or some kind of set of rules where you had to Make up for all the mistakes you've made. Where you had to try to go back and find all the things you did wrong and fix them. Let's say God says tonight at midnight, I'm going to require your soul of you. Tonight at midnight, you have to give an account to me of everything you've ever done. Can you imagine thinking or believing or knowing that you had to go and fix everything you've ever done wrong by midnight tonight. Can you imagine how much trouble we'd be in? I'm just throwing out a hypothetical. But let me tell you how amazing the grace of God is. The Bible says if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. If you just call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. And that's why I had you do that just a minute ago. Because I want you to see in Matthew chapter 27, I want you to see something that happened in verse 38, 2,000 years ago, when God came out of heaven and became man and stood in a manly body so he could suffer for us and he could take our place and he could die for us so we wouldn't have to die. And he could become the perfect sacrifice because man's ways were failing. Man's ways were not good enough. Man's ways will always fail. I'm trying to get you to understand this morning that even if you think you think you've got it together in your mind of what you would say or what you would do, the question is, what if you were wrong? What if you forgot one thing? What if it weighs out on a balance like some religions say? If you do more good than you do bad, you get to heaven. What if you did 5149 and you were on the bad side? It's a scary thing to begin to think that we can line up with a holy God by things we have done when the Bible tells me my righteousness is like filthy rags. That no one is good but God. What am I going to say to a living God on that day? How am I going to defend myself? How am I what am I going to say? Even if you've been a good person, what if it's not enough? That's a scary thing. And we see here in verse 38 of Matthew 27, two robbers, two thieves were crucified with him. One on the right and another on the left. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, You who destroy the temple 
and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking with the scribes and elders said, he saved others, himself he cannot save. If he is the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. And today we have people trying to tell God what to do. We have people trying to tell God this is how it should be. And do you realize if we would listen, if God would listen to us, we would have no salvation? Because they were telling him to come off the very cross that was saving their lives. They were telling him to come down and save himself. But God said, I'm not going to listen to these people mock me. I'm not going to listen to these people blaspheme me because these same people that are blaspheming me are the people I'm dying for right now. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I love them. They can spit on me, but I'm not going to spit back. We don't understand how amazing God's mercy is doesn't matter. You've had people say before, I've had people ask me in my entire ministry, Pastor, I feel like I've blasphemed the Holy Spirit. And as soon as they tell me, I'm afraid I've blasphemed the Holy Spirit, I say, you haven't done it because you're worried about it. And people think they're too far gone or they've done too many wrong things or they've failed too many times or they've made too many mistakes. And I want to tell you, if it was about religion, not one of us would go to heaven. But it's not about religion this morning. It's about a relationship with a Jesus and a God that came down to die for us and to take our place so that we that are wicked could be saved and fall in the mercy of the hands of God. Say, God, I have nothing to give you this morning except faith in who you say you are. That's all I got. I can't put out in front of him ministry. I can't put out in front of him works because works can't save me. Watch this. Verse 44, even the robbers, even the robbers who were crucified with him, reviled him with the same thing. Both thieves, standing on his sides, dying. Or if there had ever been a good time to reach out, that would have been a good time. They're dying and they're mocking him too. They're saying, why don't you save yourself? Even the robbers, y'all looking at this? Even the robbers were crucified with him, saying the same thing. Now, if you'll go over to Luke, I want to show you something very powerful. Give me an amen when you get to Luke chapter 23. Anybody, say anybody, can be saved at any time. That's the gospel right there. That's the good news. Can you imagine again if we got out of here this morning and we had to go fix everything that was wrong before midnight? If we had to go back and tell every person we've ever done wrong to, forgive me. If we had to go and pay every debt we've ever had. 
If we had to go and make right every situation in our lives before midnight, not one of us would go to heaven. Not one. And listen, if you're here this morning and you think you would, you're wrong. I've given 23 years of my life to the Lord and I still say, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Billy Graham's not good enough. Mother Teresa's not good enough. You can think of the the most amazing person in your life, that grandparent you thought never sinned. That perfect person. Listen, there's some good people on this earth. The Bible says even good people aren't good enough. We need the mercy of God. Mercy, mercy, mercy. And grace, compassion or forgiveness shown toward someone who is within their power to punish me. Watch this. Y'all remember when the two thieves were, were mocking? Y'all saw that, right? Both robbers? What brings salvation to a home? What brings salvation to a person? Listen, it's not something you do with somebody. It'd be great to walk up to an altar with somebody. Hey, let's go get saved. But you will not stand before God with anybody. You'll stand before God by yourself. Your spouse won't be there. Your kids won't be there. Your friends won't be there. Your parents won't be there. It'll just be you and God. And a very humbling verse in the Bible is Hebrews 9.27 that says it's established unto man to die once. And then comes judgment. Now again, I go back to the fact that we can say all day long, God, I just don't agree with that. I just don't really want that to happen. Who are you and who am I to look up to God and tell him anything? I think that that's the scary thing that's going on in our world today is that we're trying to tell God what to do. Instead of saying, God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, Lord. Because I'm a man of unclean lips, as Isaiah said. Now watch this, verse 39 of Matthew 23. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. Now, does this mean that Matthew and Luke are contradicting each other? No, this means that the thief on the cross that I'm about to read had a change of heart. In a moment, in an instant, he realized what he was doing. And the other says, rebuking him. This is happening on the cross. You talk about dying at any moment. (laughs) This guy's dying on the cross with Jesus. You talk about being in your last minutes. You can't get any more real than that. This guy has an understanding. All of a sudden, he realizes, rebuking the other. He says, do you not even fear God? But wait, this guy was just mocking him a minute ago. Yeah, but all of a sudden, he, he had a picture of eternity. And he thought, you know what? This, old, this other thief over here ain't going to be with me. I don't see my parents or my friends or my family around. Because when it gets real deep and real serious, you got to realize... It's hard to find a good friend. All of a sudden he realized, wait a minute, I'm about to breathe my last breath. I need, I need to change. 
wait a minute, I'm on a cross. I'm tied up here. I'm a thief. What can I do to fix myself to be good enough to not die and go to hell? Something happened all of a sudden in a moment. And he says, do you not even fear God seeing that you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man, now watch this, this man has done nothing wrong. He's having a salvation moment. He's recognizing Jesus is perfect. And he says to Jesus, Lord, watch this. This is how to get someone excited. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Lord, you know what that is? I'm at your mercy. Would you just remember me? Would you just think about me? Would you be so kind to at least let my, my face pass before you? And we see that the, to me, the most powerful words in the Bible. He looks back over to him and says, assuredly. Oh, I like that word, assuredly. I like that word, assuredly. He didn't say, well, let me think about it for a minute. Well, he didn't say, have you been baptized in water? He didn't say, hey, how many times did you go to church? He didn't say, hey, what was the last sin you committed? Come on, somebody. He didn't say any of that stuff. He said, assuredly, I say to you today, today, you will be with me in paradise. That's the mercy of God. That's the good news. Today, you will be with me in paradise. There was a little boy visiting his grandparents on their farm. He was given a slingshot to go out and play in the woods. He practiced in the woods. He was out there for hours pulling that thing back and couldn't hit nothing. As we say, the broad side of a barn. He could never hit a target. So he got frustrated after a few hours of messing with the slingshot. Comes back in from the woods and he's a little discouraged. He's heading back in for dinner. He had heard grandma call him home. How many love when grandma called you home for dinner? Anybody ever have any good grandma cooking? Oh, Lord. I hope when we get to heaven that God lets my mamma cook a little bit. Amen. As he was walking back, he saw grandma's pet duck. And just out of impulse, he knew he wasn't going to hit it. He let that slingshot fly. Hit the duck square in the head and killed it. He was shocked and grieved. In panic, he hid the duck in the woodpile, only to see that his sister was watching. Sally had seen it all, but she said nothing. So, they go inside, and the next day after lunch, Grandma says, Sally, let's wash the dishes. But Sally said, Grandma, Johnny told me he wanted to help in the kitchen. Then she whispered to him, remember the duck? So Johnny did the dishes. Later that day, Grandpa asked if the children wanted to go fishing. And Grandma said, I'm sorry, but I need Sally to help make supper. Sally just smiled. He said, that's all right, because Johnny told me he wanted to help. 
Remember the duck? So Sally went fishing and Johnny stayed to help. After several days of Johnny doing both his chores and Sally's, he finally couldn't stand it no more. He came to Grandma and said, Grandma, I confess I killed that duck that's missing. Grandma knelt down, gave him a hug, and said, Sweetheart, I know. I was standing at the window and saw the whole thing. But because I love you, I forgave you. I was just wondering how long you were going to let Sally make a slave out of you. Amen? How long are you going to let the devil make a slave out of you? Amen? Because we are forgiven this morning. We are forgotten, forgotten this morning. Our sins are washed away this morning. How much longer are you going to let the devil hold that thing over you? That thing you did, that thing you've done, that life you're in, those thoughts you're having. How long are you going to let those things weigh on you instead of saying, I plead the blood? I plead the blood. Musicians, you can come this morning. I plead the blood. In the judgment play we did, Jesus, Dylan says these two words, three words, four words. Jesus is my defense. Listen, you want to be real about this stuff that's coming around? You want to be real about this world you live in this morning? This craziness that's going on, the things that are being talked about, the uncertainty of the world we live in. I don't know about you, but all I can say this morning is Jesus is my defense. I fall at his mercy this morning. I trust in what he did on the cross for me. Amen. Aren't you thankful this morning that if your time was midnight tonight, you don't have to go run and fix all these things. All you have to do is run to Jesus. Run to his mercy seat. Run to his lap and to his, to before him and say, God, I am a sinner. I am a sinner. I need forgiveness this morning. The Bible says in Psalm, sorry, Isaiah 118, come now and let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, that's red, they shall be white as snow. Though they are like red crimson, they shall become like wool. Father, we thank you this morning for your mercy.